Hello, and welcome to Tech Down South, our weekly discussion on all things tech, Apple, and related, also sometimes games. I'm Matthew Wilson, and with me as always is my friend, Lindsay Bogan II. We have a nice discussion on Nintendo this week, looking at their past and future and what we think of them currently. Kick it off, Lindsay. All right, so... You know, everyone's talking about the doom and gloom of Nintendo. You know, the Wii U isn't selling. No one cares about their games anymore. The iPhone is killing them. Um, But I don't really see that to be the case. Nintendo just came out with their quarter three uh, financial results, and we can see that they've actually made it back into the black. Uh, For those who aren't familiar, the Wii U is Nintendo's latest home console, and it is not sold to the levels that the Wii did. Well, granted, no console really has. And it certainly hasn't even kept up with the GameCube, which thus far has been Nintendo's least selling console throughout its life to date. But I have to say, um, while it was definitely really bad to start with, it really has kept pace enough with the GameCube. And while the GameCube was the worst console, like it still sold enough to keep them afloat. And I mean, not everything is going to be a Wii. Like you said, I mean, the Wii was a a phenomenon and i don't think it's going to be lightning's not going to strike twice oh no way no way and i think that they've finally made it to a point where they can uh well like you said they're in the black and i think they finally reached a sustainable point in their sales but the problem really still is was that first what was it three years Mm -hmm. that wasn't and if every time they release a new console it's going to be three years of like dragging through the mud before they can get to at least the barely minimum profitable years that's going to be a problem moving forward well you have to remember with nintendo's consoles they sell their consoles at profit so i think with the wii u it may be such that it's a little bit less and nintendo doesn't really profit until they've sold their first game with that console but even still, they're not selling them at a hard loss like Sony and Xbox or Sony and Microsoft do with their respective consoles. True. Something else that I think that is a good point, while the console is starting to sell as good as the GameCube, there is something different. Whereas on the GameCube, it was actually one of the most, uh, I don't know the term off the top of my head, but basically per console, the amount of games sold through per console was really high. In fact, higher than any other console. Even though there's less consoles, everyone is buying more games. Whereas with Wii U, I know that that number's down as well. So it's not only that the uh, amount of consoles they sold is less than usual. They have sold less games. That's true. Uh, I know that the number for the GameCube was extraordinarily high. I think it's something like 5.3 games per console or something along those lines. Um, But I think even if Nintendo got something in maybe the 3.5 range with the Wii U, they'd be in pretty good shape. You know, if everyone buys Smash, if everyone buys Mario Kart, and everyone buys one other game that strikes their fancy, then Nintendo would be in pretty good shape in that case. Uh, and as long as they're making profit, you know, that's that's always been the alternative and allows them to do future things later on. So one of the areas of key growth that Nintendo has had recently is Amiibo. They launched Amiibo, uh, they announced it at E3 2014, and everyone was like, what on earth is this? It's these little figurines uh, that have an NFC chip inside them that can be used with the Wii U uh, and now the new 3DS XL, which we'll get to a little bit later on. Skylanders, but with Nintendo. 
Yeah, yeah, Skylanders with Nintendo. And of course, everyone loves to have their Mario figurines. But what's nice about Amiibo is that it gives the lesser characters some hardware representation as well, like Kirby, Samus, uh, and other smaller characters. So right now, the main Amiibo line is the Smash Brothers line. And Nintendo recently announced the Super Mario Brothers line. So you'll still have Mario and Luigi, but instead of being in their Smash Bros poses, they'll have their standard Super Mario type look to them. Right. And it's insane how much these are selling. They've sold worldwide now for 5.7 million. And I don't have a single one of those. It's really disappointing. I need to get, I just need to get my act together and just get a Samus. How have I you want. not got a Samus yet? I mean, you're even lucky because it's the one of the few characters that they're continuing to make, which is another point I'll bring up in a moment. But seriously, why don't you have one? I have my Kirby, good old little pinky. He beats me up every so often when I let him. I mean, I guess I should train him. It'd be awesome to have him have my Samus pop up and just smoke my brother uh, when we get back home over the summer. So I guess that'd be a good thing to do. I don't know. I, I have no reason to have not bought one by now. But I feel like the question is, oh, well, if I have to get one, I can't just have Samus. You know, I also have to have Sonic. I have Sonic, I also have to have Pac-Man. And then it just it starts this dangerous path. And I, I, don't know if I, I, I do agree. It's very tempting to get multiple. But so far, I've somehow uh, restrained myself. To just the one, the shelf space or the money. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, what's interesting uh, is that one of the other cool things about Amiibo is the resale market value for Amiibo, where artists have bought lots of Amiibo and then repainted them to have alternate forms. So, for example, getting Samus, instead of having her various suit, she'll have her gravity suit or her light suit, getting Link in the fierce deity costume. Or the crazed villager with his axe and blood, so his blood-soaked is- axe. Definitely a highlight. Definitely, definitely. A highlight. definitely. So uh, there, there's also that element to it as well, just the pure artistic element, not only the fact that it helps out in games. Right. Now, the crazy thing is, which is a more in general talk about Nintendo, which we'll bring up later in the podcast, I know, is I don't understand what their thought is. Or maybe maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's simply the... Uh, the uh, retailer's fault, but I can't help but feel Nintendo would continue to make them if if uh, the retailer sold out of them. Because what happens is is each wave where they introduce like the eight latest uh, amiibos, mm-hmm. they immediately sell through, and it's just like no one can get them. Like you, people pre-order them, and pre-orders are being canceled, and like only a handful even get put in stores because all of the other ones were pre-ordered beforehand and like it's impossible to get them if you don't get them immediately except for the handful of like core players like mario peach link uh samus like they keep making those and they keep stocking them in stores but other than that if you want one you have to pre-order it otherwise that's the end and unless they go back and make them again later you'll be paying through the nose on ebay it's absolutely ridiculous. I know that there are going to be some very high, very pricey Rosalina Amiibo coming up soon. Yeah. And actually, that's the exact same problem that I've had with uh, the new 3DS XL. We'll bring that up when it comes to it. Oh. But yeah. Why won't they just... Pre- if if the demand's there, shouldn't they make the product and free money? I mean, basically, because they're not getting that money now, and they would get that money guaranteed. I, 
I don't maybe Nintendo is timid and just thinking that maybe it's just one person that's putting in 500 pre-orders or something along those lines and saying, oh, well, that one person can't buy all these Amiibos, so we'll just only make 500. I think that Nintendo basically just wants to create artificial demand here. There are people that want these Amiibo, but maybe Nintendo is scared and thinks that it's just one or two people that are buying up all of these and going to resell them later on. I honestly can't come up with a good rationale as to why they just don't simply make more of them. I don't know either. But uh, I don't know what else they're going to do with Amiibo. I honestly don't because it works great for Smash. Like, I think, I mean, people argue that you could have done this without the Amiibos. And sure, they could have. But I think it's a proper use for the Amiibos. But, and and then also another game that's coming out with support is Mario Party 10, which is going to have like a whole board that like changes what it does based off whose amiibos you're using and that that's another smart use but a lot of these games i don't know why this is here i know like in the uh toad treasure tracker if you use an amiibo i think it's the toad amiibo on it basically what it'll do is it'll just simply put a pixelated like mario luigi or toad a pixelated sprite hidden in every level there's no there's no reward for getting them you can literally just happen to see them if you look around levels and that's that's even maybe on the edge of okay well they just want here's another something else you can do if you really want to but other games it's if you like scan amiibo it'll just give you a one up like think mario game but it just gives you a single extra one up when you scan one or like um xenoblade chronicles the re-release for 3ds the new 3ds exclusively if you use a shulk amiibo on it it'll just unlock some like meta game just like oh here's some extra music in the uh, sound player that you can listen to if you want to. Like, besides being a, fig- a collectible, I don't feel like they're coming up with very good reasons to use them. And, like, they still have support coming. Like, they still are saying that they want to include support in the next Legend of Zelda game for Amiibo. And that kind of worries me, either because it's going to be like, well, there's this whole thing baked in that doesn't need to be here it's absolutely stupid why am i getting five green rupees every time i scan one which you can only do once a day right or it's going to be stuff that you want included just in the game why do i have to go try and find a link in zelda amiibo when this should just be included in game so it's really hard to find that line where it's stuff that adds value to the amiibo but stuff that, that doesn't seem either cheated or useless well i think here's a concern you want to have there be in-game benefits to those who do have amiibo but you don't want to penalize the people that don't have amiibo exactly so that's a delicate balance to strike you know in smash brothers you can completely enjoy the game without amiibo but having that just having amiibo just gives you an extra element in the game to enjoy so i don't have a problem with the current implementation you know mario kart 8 you know you unlock some cool new costumes for me so that's fine um that's cool. And it, not having an amiibo doesn't make the game worse. So I think it's striking a balance of not only do you get this cool figurine to put on your desk, but it does add some in-game elements. You know, it's kind of like Nintendo's form of DLC, except the DLC is activated through amiibo. That's how I think of it. So looking at it from that perspective, it seems fine to me. You know, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is a small game that not too many people are going to have. So there's no reason to put a lot of development energy into doing something fantastically spectacular for it so uh and that seems fine to me let's go ahead and transition to the uh new 3ds xl um a couple of things one 
Nintendo, in its otherworldly wisdom that no one else seems to be able to understand, seems to have not sold the regular new 3DS in the States. There's only the XL model available, whereas in Europe and Japan and other territories, you can get both the new 3DS and the new 3DS XL. Yes, I know a lot of people who are very upset about that because the 3DS XL is simply just too big for their hands or to be comfortable or they don't it's harder to carry around. Yeah, right. It, it's sure. definitely a very bad decision. And, you know, for me, I was going to get the new 3DS XL anyway. So for me, it's not an issue. But my gripe is one of the cool parts about the new 3DS is it's got interchangeable faceplates. So you know how Nintendo will release a new version of its 3DS or 3DS XL uh, based on what game's coming out. Right. And it'll only sell it for a couple of months or two right after the game's release. Right. But the opportunity to sell much cheaper faceplates or even mix and match faceplates, I think, would be something that's really cool and would be an additional source of revenue for them. For example, if some at some point some uh, Metroid game comes out, I would love to be able to have a Metroid 3DS. And if I had the new 3DS and they came out with Metroid faceplates, I'd buy like three of them. However many forms they came out with, I would buy them. But the 3DS XL doesn't have interchangeable faceplates, and I cannot for the life of me understand why. Why do it to the smaller model and not the larger model? And then why not sell both models in the United States when you've got the biggest population and therefore the widest variety of people who would want either or model? I'll never understand why Nintendo doesn't seem to have a preference for Nintendo of America and the States, but that's the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah, I don't, I can't, I don't know exactly why they would. One theory I've heard, which makes sense i still think they should have but with the 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 hmm. but the smaller 3ds the regular 3ds with its face plates that's very much like almost a collectible thing where it's like oh you know you can mix and match customize it and i think in the past when versus the other territories like europe or and especially japan because japan is so big in this it's not something that would sell very much like the faceplates. I don't think would sell as well here, honestly, even though I think there's enough demand that they should. And a lot of people wanted that. I, in general, like, I don't think America that would have sold as well as it does in Japan and maybe even Europe. And so I think that's probably where they're coming from when they make this decision. Now I think it's still a wrong decision, but I think that's where they're coming from. Well, to me, they haven't sold something like that before, so I don't know what data they would have collected to say, hmm, Americans aren't going to buy interchangeable faceplates. Uh, so I, I can't say one way or the other, but I do find it a little bit disappointing, to be sure. Right. Most certainly. And uh, I actually tried to go in to buy a 3DS XL on Friday, and was that was not able to be done at GameStop. They completely sold out of all pre-orders. And just like with Amiibo... Uh, Nintendo seems to say, all right, GameStop, you can get 1 million units, and we're not going to give you any more, even if 5 million people would like to pre-order them from you. So you're just going to have to make do and have to suffer through sad customers on Friday if they didn't pre-order one. I didn't have the opportunity to pre-order one uh, because I had to pay for Valentine's Day yesterday. But I went in on Saturday, uh, and I'm sorry, I went in on Friday and just wasn't able to, to buy one. They were completely sold out the warehouse, they being GameStop, and they have no word on when they're going to get new ones. No idea. Yeah. And if Nintendo should, would recognize this demand, you know, two, three weeks ago, they'd say, oh, well, we need to get more 3DS XLs, and we need to give our sellers a timetable for when these are going to arrive. 
Um, so it, it's it's very frustrating as a customer to not know what's going on at the corporate level, but just to walk in and not be able to get a, a console, even though I didn't pre-order it. Right. There should always be enough surplus such that if you didn't pre-order one, you should still be able to go in and get a version of it. Right. Well, what type of product is one where literally you only sell by pre-order? I mean, you, you need to have product to sell. Yeah. It's crazy because like this is another example of it because I remember that Nintendo Direct when they announced that new 3DS XL for America and then the special Majora's Mask one even. The Majora's Mask one was sold out pre-orders as soon as they opened. Literally within hours of that Nintendo Direct, there just were no more. And I knew like the same thing was going to happen with the rest of the console because it's because it, they just kept running out every single website. Like I just get news feeds, you know, it's like, oh, this is out. And then it'd be, it's back in. And usually the same day, it'd be back out again everywhere. And I don't understand if, if people are willing to buy it, why would you not make more? And I'm not saying like make a ton forever, like at least until the product's even on sale, like it's not even on sale yet. And you're running out of pre-orders. And there's always going to be more people buying it than the people who pre-order it. So if you can't even let everyone who wants to pre-order it to buy it, you're losing sales. And they did it with the new 3DS XL. It happens. It keeps happening with the Amiibos. And with the uh, Smash Brothers GameCube adapter. Yes, the Smash Brothers GameCube adapter. Everywhere I see that show up, it disappears immediately. Amazon, Nintendo's own website, which they... (laughs) Very little people here probably even know you can buy stuff directly from Nintendo's website. It doesn't have games or anything. It's just a few refurbished uh, consoles and some accessories like uh, gamepad batteries. And uh, yeah, they have just a very few things there. Well, they just decided apparently to put a few GameCube adapters up there in that little unknown place where no one even knows it exists. And boom, out of sale the same day. You know, it makes me wonder... If Nintendo has enough factories, maybe they literally cannot make enough. And so perhaps, you know, they're they're busy trying to pay developers to make games to try to get more sales of consoles. But then once that happens, they don't have enough surplus cash left to buy more factories to be able to make more product for people. That that would be a concern. It would be. That's definitely a concern. If I was an investor, I'd be worried about that. Well, you're selling more consoles, but now you can't keep pace with demand and people are getting spurned and turned away and now are saying, well, I just won't buy one at all. That's, that's definitely not the position you want to be in. And I just had this thought because you're right, because we've had a lot of talk about, uh, uh, well, the industry in general has had a lot of talk about how is handheld gaming, specifically for like the 3DS XL, but in general, console gaming doesn't even matter anymore so much so much more so much gaming has gone and moved to smartphones and apps and the app stores and is there even enough market to do this and i know the investors have pushed every investor meeting there's always news about the investors asking about cell phones cell phones start making mario for cell phones that'll sell right well no i don't think it would or at least not as much because it'd probably be a poor experience because it wasn't made for that sort of experience but that's not the point The point is, this shows there is demand to some degree for this still, and maybe it's not the maybe it's not the golden era of console gaming where you'll get you know that's where the most of the gaming is. But if you're running out, if you can't even supply the amount of demand you want for a portable console that is the like which is 
a, like a not even a, like a full new console. It's simply like a, a revision on a revision. It's the 3DS XL, the new 3DS XL. If you can't even get enough demand for that, surely there's enough uh, market out there for you to keep your company afloat on. But you got to supply to it. Exactly. And I just don't think they're doing that. I just really don't think they're doing that at all. Uh, let's see. So looking forward into software sales for this year, we've got the new Legend of Zelda coming out. There's uh, Kirby Rainbow Curse 2 that either just released or is about to release for the Wii U. Uh, there isn't a two on that. Yoshi's Woolly World, which should be coming out later this year, I believe in the first half of the year. Um, and you've got Star Fox, which does not quite have a date yet, but should be here. Or any information besides it's a Wii U game. Yes. What do you think about that software lineup? Is that going to be enough to entice new gamers to the console? I think it is. Well, I yeah, I think it is. There isn't too much there to entice for the, to the console. That was really 2014's job with the Mario Kart Wii and Smash Brothers. That was to get the Nintendo fans who just hadn't got a Wii U yet to jump on a Wii U. And so and that's what we've seen I think through the sales data. The uh the percentage of Wii U sales just went insane. Like in, I don't know all the facts for all the things, but I remember like in UK, I mean it was like 104% increase. Or like it, it was it was insane how much more it was selling. Uh, and in general, across the world, it really was selling more. So I think that was the big get everyone onto the console grab. 2015 is let's provide a bunch of content. And I think it's a solid lineup for that to get people continuing to buy games. And honestly, with Zelda, that is another everyone buy this console. Because I know people. I have... Two at least friends that I know for a fact are buying a Wii U, but not until Zelda comes out. Which to me seems ridiculous because given Nintendo's problems with being able to sell consoles, you'd want to get it now while it's easy to grab one. Because the closer we get to that release date, the harder it's going to be to find one. That's what I tell them. But we're all college students. We, you know, you know how right. it is. True, true. Um, so, mm. what do you think it's going to? Be good about Star Fox. How can they make Star Fox for this generation? I don't know. I we I think what they got to do is they got to stick with what's fun about Star Fox and what's really people have enjoyed about Star Fox in the past. And what it seems to be and what I think is the best about Star Fox is all the dog fighting. You want to be in that ship. You want to be flying around in an R-wing and uh, shooting people up short. I mean, it can be linear, it can be off the rails, but it really, that's what we look forward to. I, I know they really lost their ways when they started to ta try and tack on all the extra stuff where you're on the ground just with a blaster in your hand running around, or even the tank stuff isn't, just, it's, it doesn't compare to the dog fighting. And I don't... I don't. We don't know anything about this game yet, so I can't say whether or not I think that's what they're going to do. One thing that has me a pause of concern is what Miyamoto's been talking about is because he's been talking about a lot of these uh, games that we haven't had in a while. Star Fox, um, uh, uh, F-Zero. Uh, he's been talking about F-Zero, and 
he's talking about how these games need gimmicks. They need they need controllers specifically for them. Like he's talking about like if we could if I could come up with this perfect controller for F Zero, I would make an F Zero game. Why does it need a special controller? The the uh, last F Zero game for the GameCube was. I've never played it, but it reviewed really great. And I know a lot of people who did enjoy it. And so there we go. I mean, we, you could, we still have the GameCube controller thanks to Smash, but even just moving to the Pro Controller, what's wrong with that? Why can't you just make a good game with the property? Whereas uh, with uh, Star Fox, he's been talking so much about how using the dual screens is very vital and core to the game. And I, while I'm not opposed to that, it could be great fun in it because I do like some of the things I've experienced with gamepad and screen controls. But I'm just worried that he's going to put that special gameplay with something like the gamepad in front of, or not in front of, in between of making a, just a good game and releasing Based it. Based on his track record, that's not too much of a worry for me. Um, I know that I would certainly like to see a new F-Zero game because I didn't get the opportunity to play GX on the GameCube. Um, and I'm sure there are lots of others who have also missed out on that opportunity. It's a long time between console releases because I believe that uh, GX came out in 2002. So we're talking 13 years since the last console title. Right. Uh, and also, there, there are no other games like F-Zero left. Wipeout, which was the... Uh, the Sony version of that that was on PlayStation, that's that's gone as well. So they stand to maybe attract some fans of that franchise uh, and that style of gameplay with this new futuristic type racer to F-Zero. And then you've got people from Mario Kart 8 saying, wow, I really like these anti-gravity sections. I wish there was a faster, more intense version of that. And then F-Zero makes that possible. Exactly. So now you've taken your Mario Kart fan base and said, hey, if you want this faster, more intense online at 60 frames per second in HD... Have we got something for you? Uh, so I think that Nintendo would benefit from maybe doing that later on down the line once you've got Star Fox out, once you've got uh, Legend of Zelda out. Uh, also, there aren't very many good shooters on the console. No more Call of Duties coming out. Ubisoft is done. Watch Dogs was their, their last uh, game on the console. We could talk about how terrible Ubisoft is an entirely new podcast. Oh, yeah. But uh, now you've got this dearth. We're going to have Splatoon later on this year, which I'm really looking forward to. But outside of that, you know, something that's a little bit more adult, nothing. So I think that if they came out with a new Metroid game, that would be enticing for that. Hopefully Retro can do it. Maybe not. Um, but I would certainly love to see that. We all know you would love another oh, Metroid. Man. At any time. And the 3DS still doesn't have one. It's been out for, what, three, four years? That's... Was I be, was it the 3DS? I, I I remember seeing just the other day something about a canceled Metroid game. Was it the 3DS? That, did you see that? Was it the 3DS that there was one canned for? No. I mean, there was, or was it just the DS? The DS I, or I something like that. But that's okay. been okay. rumored for forever and never really materialized. But I'm hoping right. and praying, man. I'm hoping and praying see my girl but i think we have a good future at least for this year for uh at least the wii u because like you said zelda's coming out probably if it does not get delayed it'll be winter this year kind of like uh november where smash came out and it'll you know be a giant seller and that's all good exactly but also we have this rain kirby rainbow curse uh which just came out the sequel to 
uh, Kirby Canvas Curse for the DS, which I never actually played. But this game looks gorgeous. And it, it uh, fans of Canvas Curse, I know I've been looking for a sequel for a while. And it, I think it's enough to get me into it. I might try and pick this one up. It's been a while since I played a Kirby game, which is sad. Um, um, I'm not sure if I've ever owned a Kirby game since Kirby Air Ride. I think that may have been the only one. Oh. So in terms of a legit platformer Kirby, I don't think I've, I've ever played one. Oh, I've never owned that one. I've had like two for uh, the Game Boy Advance, which I just played over and over again. I know this game is forward and backward. I could speed run them probably. Uh, and then I had another two for the DS. I love I've, I I grew up on Kirby. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but Yoshi Woolies World, I am really looking forward to this. Uh, the 3DS game that came out for Yoshi was a flop, in the at least for anyone who's a fan of the series. The game just did not have the charm or the fun, platformer-wise, of the old uh, Yoshi Island, or even the Yoshi Island DS game, which I also owned. Oh yeah, I spent a lot of time with Yoshi's Island DS, that was a fun one. But Yoshi's Woolly World, what we've seen of it and the demo that was shown before, while it doesn't look like it, while it looks more like the Kirby Epic Yarn, which as a game was almost just like using Kirby as a stand-in because honestly it did not play very much like a Kirby game. Oh, really? It's quite the opposite for this game. Yoshi's Woolly World, from those who've seen it closer up, it's pretty much a truer successor to um, Yoshi's Island than even Yoshi Island, um, whatever, what, what's the 3DS game called? Whatever the 3DS game was called, Yoshi's Woolly World is closer to a true Yoshi game than that was. Good, good. I certainly look forward to getting that, and I'll probably add that one to my collection once it comes out. Agreed. It's been a long time since I played through a Yoshi game. The DS, really. Right, right. Well, let's move to everyone's favorite uh, video game character, Link, the protagonist of The Legend of Zelda. I recently got Legend Zelda Majora's Mask on Friday. Oh, nice. And I am not good at it. It's very <laughs> different from all the other Legend Zelda games because there's a time limit. You know, generally when you boot up a Zelda game, you get excited, you explore the world that you, you've you been set in, you get set off on your quest, you just kind of mill around, see what's up, and you, you can't do that Majora's Mask. As soon as you start the game, you see a timer at the bottom. You don't even know what it means. You just see that there's a timer at the bottom. Um, and the game is very good at telling you what time it is. Um, and you you have three days to basically save the world of Termina and Clocktown. Uh, eventually, you get the ability to turn back the clock three days, but that resets a lot of things. Every interaction with every character you've had up to that point uh, has been erased. Every item you've collected, for the most part, save for things like masks, erases if you don't deposit your rupees to the banker those get taken away uh so you have to go through certain tasks within that three-day limit uh and then go and drop off your rupees before you play the song of time and reset the game world groundhog day hyrule edition oh man it's it's rough and if you have no idea what to do you've got this clock ticking in your face you're confused about the map just because it's an unfamiliar area and you haven't given enough time to explore there are so many side quests. Uh, thankfully, one of the things I do like about the, this game is that you get a bomber's notebook that keeps up with kind of the path that you should take in order to complete them. 
as opposed to other Zelda games where you just hope you remember. And if you haven't played the game in two weeks and forgot a key piece of dialogue, then you're just lost. Uh, so I hope that's something that they take to the new Legend of Zelda game. But right now I'm just I'm just getting beat by this game pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I have never owned Majora's Mask, but I've had a friend who really loves it. It's his favorite Zelda game. And I've played through maybe like a day and a half as well as like a jump between cycles before and I've seen him play a lot. And I, I really like what I've seen. It's definitely harder, even for me. Like it, it's definitely harder to play than other Zelda games. But at the same time, it's a lot more rewarding, I think. And, I, I do agree with that. And that. some of the, some of the things that they've changed for this uh, remake, I'm okay with. You know, there's there's things that they need to fix for accessibility. It's like how they kind of made the water dungeon a little easier with the OOT re-release. Right. But um, there's some of the changes in this new Majora's Mask that I don't like. They've reworked all the bosses to have like a super visible like. Oh, look, this is his single eye that you're supposed to hit. Like, it's just like weak point. It's an eye. Like, something that I really liked the Majora's Mask for its unique bosses that didn't really show where they're weak to. In fact, I know the one which they changed the most of his, or not the one they changed the most of his fight, but uh, I. Well, I don't, don't give me too many spoilers now. I'm not. I, that's what I'm fighting against. Um, one of the bosses, basically, there was like three or four common methods on how to beat him the easiest and now none of those are relevant you just run up and basically hit him in the giant eye that inflates when you knock him prone because they all have like majora's yellow eye that just kind of bulges it's really stupid in that sense i i think personally that's no fun once i get to a part to where i'm actually facing a boss i'll be sure to report back Oh, then also the Bomber's Notebook, which you did mention before right. it. I mean, it was in the original and it had a lot of the stuff, but it didn't have every single quest. Like there's a lot of character interactions that they fit in. And so over the course of the three days, as you do it over and over again, like there's a lot of like you, you said, there's a lot of different like subtle pieces of like. Uh, characters or conversations that you need to remember to complete these quests and the bomber's notebook before had a lot of them but not all of them now they've added all of them to it like pretty much every single thing you can do in the game is in the book which you know what okay that's good that's fine but a lot of the atmosphere you got with some of these really creepy or weird uh conversations and uh and plots that uh go out as you play the game a lot like the the atmosphere that you the atmosphere that you get from it is almost reduced a bit now because at least from I've heard what I've heard like when you do something vital to one of these side quests pretty much immediately once you're done talking to them or as soon as the cutscene goes through immediately like a banner comes up that forces you into the bomber's notebook to show that this was part of something you're supposed to do. And here's where the next thing or like, it just basically alerts you and pulls you out of the moment. So I'm not going to spoil some of the creepier or real weird things that happen later in the game, but there's a few where it's just like, Whoa. And then suddenly it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm in this part in the quest. Okay. And then like, you're completely out of that atmosphere. I see. I see. I'll definitely report back with those findings as well. So the Legend of Zelda uh, TV show is something that's been rumored in the past couple of weeks with Netflix. 
supposedly getting rights to form a TV show that would be a Game of Thrones for the family type thing. Insane. What are your thoughts on that? Insane. Ever be good. Insane. I I kind of felt like something like this was coming. A lot of people were completely blindsided by this. I felt something was coming. Nintendo's been a lot more uh, uh, open to sharing their IP lately, probably partially because of how their sales have been down. So they're trying to find ways to keep relevant. And part of that way is to license out your IP to people and let things happen with them so they stay kind of get you know connected still in the consciousness and more things to buy, et cetera, et cetera. So after they did those Pikmin shorts on the eShop channel, I was mm. pretty sure they were going to start doing things with their IP in visual media, movies, TV shows, again. What I didn't expect is something like Legend of Zelda to be live action. I mean, really, anything to be live action. But out of anything, Legend of Zelda, why? I think the least live action-y, maybe not the least, but one of the ones that would be least available to be live action and this certainly isn't the first time nintendo's had a tv show that a live action well excuse me princess they had the horrible previous legend of zelda cartoon that is probably the worst cartoon ever created by man ever they had the uh kirby right back after tv show uh i did watch that as a kid oh yeah that was fun ddd with the southern draw and then they had um, four kids they also had a an F Zero show actually that came out. I a did not of know that. GX. Mm-hmm. So this this isn't new, but one of the things that was beneficial about the Kirby and the uh, F Zero TV shows is that both of those were anime, and Nintendo the universe has lent itself better to that type of medium, especially given that they're Japanese to begin with. And I think the Legend of Zelda anime would be fantastic. It could be beautiful. Uh, and, you know, you look back at the reveal for Palutena, that was animated in the anime style and Link features in that. And that looked gorgeous. So I think a lot of fans would really enjoy seeing something like that. But live action, the uh, the world of Zelda and, you know, species like the Zora species like Gorons, I don't think would look very good in live action, especially depending on what type of budget you're running. So right. I think that. It's a poor choice to make a live action. Yeah. The other I, question is, how do you deal with Link? My answer to that is, don't deal with him at all. Do something very all. similar to Gotham, where it's in the world of Batman, but Batman really isn't present. And I think if they do something like that, they could stand to be successful. That's an interesting idea that I hadn't ever thought about. I don't think I've heard anyone say that before now. And I guess it could work, because it solves the problem of Link, because Link kind of is a problem either you have to give him a a um personality which doesn't fit what people think of him right or you keep him mute which can you probably could pull off an anime without with link as a main character without him talking somehow i just when, when it's animated that it fits that so much more but live action it no. would look so wrong to see just a person standing there not saying anything and that would be interesting not to even have link in there i don't know if the world is fleshed out enough to support that. Like it works for Gotham because all these other characters have been explored. Like their personality and their history has been explored so much in the comic books that they really can stand on their own without a Batman. But how in the world is the shopkeeper going to stand up 
without Link doing something. Well, I, we know that Nintendo can craft stories that have rich characters in them. You know, there are lots of memorable characters from a number of Zelda games. You know, I look at characters like Malin uh, from Ocarina of Time. I look at characters like uh, Prince Rudo uh, from The Wind Waker. I look at characters like Groose from Skylight. Oh, I'm sorry. Skyward Sword. And I think that it's possible to do these types of things depending on what characters you decide to focus on. So, but it it's very, very difficult, I think, to do that. It's not like something like Tomb Raider where you have a very clear protagonist who has certain goals, missions, style, who, who talks in her games and would be relatively easy to adapt to either the silver screen or the big screen. Right. I If this does come out to fruition, because... For all we know, they didn't actually license them out yet, and they're simply in talks. Hear you guys next week. We don't really know the details. But if this happens... Thanks for listening, and we'll... You know, I'll give it a chance. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all I next week. I would give it... I would actually be thanks excited for, for listening, this, and we'll see you all next After week. After that Palutena's trailer for Smash, Merry the Smash Christmas reveal, baby. people were begging for an anime of either it's Zelda or Kid. Kid Icarus. I don't... I know you've uh, played it's through some of the game. I don't know how far Mario. you that, Seriously, those characters could hold up a show. In Mario. fact, they actually have three, like, it's ten minute me. little uh, series, animated series, it's like me. anime for them. Like, I think there's three ten minute, like, animes me. for uh, Kid Icarus. And they're it's hilarious. Like, they're Mario. amazing. Like, we could get an entire show of that. It's me. I could only dream for that would sound pretty good. The problem is that that wouldn't have very much drawing power just because people don't know who that character is. Right, but right. But still. Certainly a TV show would raise, would raise awareness. But still, Legend of Zelda anime, it would work amazingly, I think. Those two are meant for each other. And we're past the yeah. 90s. They could actually make a good animated series with Zelda now, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately, it looks like that's about time for us. But uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Indeed. Well, this has been Matthew Wilson, and you can find me on Twitter at M-W-I-L underscore C-L. And this has been Lindsay Bogan II. You can find me on Twitter at Ask underscore The Doctor. And you can follow the show on Twitter at T-D-S underscore show. And you can find the show notes and leave feedback via email on our website, techdownsouth.com. .wordpress.com You could subscribe on iTunes and leave a review, which would be much appreciated, or you could use the RSS in your favorite podcatcher if you even know what those words mean. Thanks for uh, joining us. We'll see you next time. Alright, have a good one, guys. Appreciate your time.